We are Five Takes Podcast. Today we are joined by Jordan, Gustavo, John, and Leo. We'll be talking to you about Charles Barkley and his comments relating to the playoff game between the Cavaliers and the Hawks. We'll talk about Peyton Manning and his visit to the Dolphins and the help that he gave, Ryan Tannehill. We'll break down the Canelo Alvarez fight over the weekend and talk about what the future holds for boxing. And then we'll talk about Leicester City and how they will fare next year with all the notoriety that they had acquired this year. We're going to start off with Charles Barkley. He suggested that the Hawks should take out a Cavaliers player after Cleveland started running up their score in Game 2 of the Eastern Semifinals against the Hawks. They were trying to go for the record for most three scored in a playoff game. And even though they were already ahead and had a convincing victory ensured, they continued to run up a score, shooting those threes, which prompted Barkley to say that the Hawks have to toughen up and that they had to do something, going, alluding back to the old style of basketball, which is take someone out, literally hurt someone to send a message to the other team. He got a lot of backlash for this, and TNT presumably made him kind of change the words. That he or go back on his word and and change it up a little bit, but is he wrong in suggesting this? Is he wrong in suggesting that we are in too much of maybe a politically correct basketball, or has the game changed to the point where maybe this was acceptable at some point and it's not? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and um, I'm gonna say I would I would never condone uh, violence or you know I, I know these basketball games get heated. And um, there's, you know, it, it's a rough, it's a rough game. But um, the key, the key word is, uh, it's a game. It's, it's made for entertainment. And um, as a public fi figure, Barkley cannot, you know, go around and make these comments, uh, even as whatever his motivation may be, or you know, whatever his thoughts may be, he has to, he, he has to be held accountable. And um, this, this is totally unacceptable in my point of view. But do you guys think that he was actually meaning, like, hurt them? Like, <laughs> take him out for the rest of the series? Or, you know, I, Adam, I, th I think you're more informed I, on this. What do you think? I, no, I think, I think at first he, he was trying to say that. But then he he corrected himself and tried to, uh, tried to sound like if he just meant to rough him up a little. But I think at first he did mean that, like, to try to uh, unhurt them on purpose, which I disagree with that. I don't think he should ever hurt anyone on purpose. Yeah, I don't think he, he intended to say, you know, go and cause somebody an injury that will affect their livelihood or it will affect their, their playing time long-term in their career. I think it was more... Like get in there and maybe throw an elbow at LeBron or. But, but that's a that's a risk you're you're taking by you know roughing up these players. I mean, any any sort of injury could be season-ending, career-ending, and you know you're taking the you know the the heat of the moment, and it's just not acceptable. It's a game. They're professionals. This is what the means they they feed their family, and you know you're jeopardizing this for a moment of heat. I, I just find it unacceptable. Maybe, but if you look back at basketball in the 70s and in the 80s, and it, it was really rough like this. I think the reason why we see so many smaller framed basketball players now is because of all the rules change and all the flagrant fouls. But it used to be really tough to go up the middle and try to get a layup against really big guys. They were always roughing people up. So have we kind of softened up on the game too much? Is, is that the issue? No, I agree with, with uh, what he said at the end of his comment. I think it should be tough. It should be tough, maybe rough him up a little, but not to a, a degree 
where you're going to hurt the guy. You know, at the end of the game, they were, like, pretty much embarrassing, walking all over them. I don't think you should be let them do that to, to the team. Yeah, going back to what you were saying earlier, Adam, uh, when I first started watching basketball and I didn't really understand the game uh, too much, like, I knew, you know, shoot the hoop, uh, three-pointer, two-pointer, and everything, but I started seeing, like, at the end of every game, there were these weird, like, fouls being called, and those are the kinds of things that I don't, that I think that's just too soft, that you should uh, make them tougher, don't call those little fouls, shooting fouls, but um, I think Charles Barkley was just um, making those type, those Skip Bayless type of comments that are just kind of uh, meant to draw in more attention from Twitter, and articles written about this. Um, maybe it was just a, all an act to uh, lure more more attention to TNT. I, I think you're onto something, Leo, because I, I definitely think you know this isn't just happening in uh, basketball. I think it's happening in football as well. Uh, boxing, there's more protection to the athletes because you know um, these these uh, professionals are you know they they end up playing their career for 10 15 years and they end up with a long term uh, residuals um, you know injuries uh, conditions it's you know it's you you really do have to care for uh, for the for the athletes and um, I don't think the the rules or the the game changing is out of hand I, I think with the with the more medical knowledge we have now I think it's it's in line with uh, you know, with keeping the, the, the athletes safe. Yeah, and if you think back to the past year in the NFL, the past season, Rodney Harrison got in trouble. He's a analyst for NBC. He got in trouble for saying something similar about, I don't remember what team it was, but he brought up talking, he brought up a point where he was suggesting that somebody needs to go at the knees or try to take someone out. I think it was a quarterback. And, and he got in trouble, and he had to apologize for his comments as well. And so... That kind of brings up that question about analysts themselves and commentators. Should should they have to watch what they say? Should they be politic, super politically correct in their in their conversations and analyses? I I think they should be to a certain degree because I mean, you know, they're they're the the ears of the sport. You know, this they're the the people that the that the public is hearing during this broadcast, and um, they have to be you know somewhat correct and careful about what they say because you know there's there's children you know watching these sports I mean what what type of message are you getting through you, you know to hurt your your not your enemy because they're really not enemies but you know a fellow you know professional you know what what message are you sending to the to these kids yeah I mean he's on national TV he in my opinion he sounded unprofessional. Yeah, at the end of the show he did try to correct his comment, but I mean, was it too late by then? Well and that's the thing, like should should he have to correct it? Because like I understand what you're saying, Gustavo, you have a lot of people watching, you have little kids watching. But at the same time, it's I think it's part of the game. I think if you're if you're a teenager or, or a little kid going and playing basketball, if you're taught that because I remember playing basketball, and anytime you played a pickup game, people would call fouls for any little thing. You know, there's no ref there to call them for you, so everybody will call a foul if you like bump into them or whatever. And it it really softens up the game, and I think it prevents the game from getting developed, especially for for younger players. Yeah, um, I agree with that again. But I think uh, what Charles Barkley was talking about was sort of injury. At least like you take him out for the game or make them 
make the coach for the other team scared that he, they're actually going to injure them. And that's just, I don't think that's okay. Um, maybe they should work on that in the offseason and talk about a real change, but not during the playoffs. And also, if you're, you know, I think he said if you have any self-respect, right, you're going to do this. Uh, you know, if you have any self-respect, you get better, practice and game plan better and come out and perform, you know. Don't try to cheat and uh, injure the, the other team. Uh, amen. I mean, I think Leo summed it up perfectly. I mean, it's about self-respect. It's about being professional and um, beautiful. So just to wrap this up, do you think that, that Barkley should have maybe been punished somehow, like with a suspension for saying something like this, or just him going on and correcting his comments was enough? I don't, I don't really want to hear an apology or him correcting himself because it's, you know, it's not real. Um, just get past it, and I think he got enough, uh, he got enough uh, tweets and comments from other players uh, throughout the league that you know made him learn his lesson. Just uh, a couple of days yeah. ago, Peyton Manning visited the Dolphins down in Miami. And he had a special coaching session with Ryan Tannehill. Now, the players can't actually interact with coaches at this time. So this was a very important and special opportunity for Tannehill to be able to interact with Peyton Manning and get a little tutorial on an offense that Peyton Manning already ran in Denver. Because remember, Adam Gase was a coordinator when Manning was there. And now he's a head coach in Miami. So... Having this in mind, again, it's too late this year for Manning to take on any kind of general manager or even an ownership kind of role. But heading into the future, what do you see down the line as a better position for Peyton Manning? Would he be a, a better coach, a better broadcaster, analyst, general manager? Or how do you see Peyton Manning's career turning out where he could be the most successful? Well, Adam, um, the real question here is, um, can Manning get off his couch and stop drinking Budweiser? <laughs> <laughs> And this is a little joke there. And I'd, I'd, I'd actually, I'd actually like, uh, like to see Manning as a quarterback coach. I think he has a, you know, experience in the world. Um, he can read defenses like nobody else. Um, you know, I'd actually, you know, I'd, I, I'd, I'd actually prefer him as an analyst because you, you know, that that way, uh, you can we can see him. Uh, week in, week out, but um, I think he'd he'd fit uh, perfectly as a as a quarterback coach. Um, yeah, and that's that was my natural instinct to think of him as a coach. Um, they always talk about how smart he is and how you know he prepares so well, but I I've seen him out on the field. Like he gets pretty angry at at the players, kind of like a Bill Belichick, and um, which is good. Bill Belichick is one of the best head coaches of all time. Um, but also, I, I don't think he has a lot to uh, offer these players. And I'm not saying, like, the reason I say this is because he's just too smart. Like, it comes natural to him. I, I don't think he can actually transfer his thoughts, like, his knowledge of the game to a player. Um, he's great as a quarterback because he's out there and he just literally has to tell everyone what to do. And then that's it. And then he takes care of the rest. But I don't think he could transfer that instinct and that, like, intelligence um, to another quarterback. So I, I don't really see him as a coach. I would see him more as an analyst. It'd be great to see him as a broadcaster. He's so uh, he's so good on TV. Um, and I could see him as a, as a general manager, just scouting the best talent out there. But as a coach, even though it's, it's like the first thing I thought of as well, I just don't see it. I don't think he would make a great one. I think he'd just become frustrated at the players and not really uh, be able to improve um, 
other quarterbacks or the player, the whole the whole team? In my opinion, I mean, Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. I think he he would be great as a coach, as a broadcaster, analyst, or general manager, wherever you put him at. But I think uh, he just retired, so I think uh, for now I, I see him more as a coach. I mean, like throughout all his career, he probably made most of the play calls, you know. Uh, but I, I see him maybe within five, ten years as a general manager once he gets a little more experience in uh, maybe in management. Well, that's another thing. When you when you talk about coaching, there's so many different dimensions to that. Like as a head coach. I could see him maybe having problems with having an offensive coordinator if he were made to hire someone because I don't think he would want to handle hand off any of the duties to them. But then at the same time, if you think about it, as a position coach, I see a lot of the problems that you guys bring up or that Leo brought up specifically when talking about his level of frustration maybe with the guys not able to get the system as quickly as he he's able to grasp it or he's able to want them to understand it. But at the same time, don't you think that being in a position like Bill Belichick where he has control over every single aspect, but Belichick himself, I think his interactions with every single player are limited, don't you think that that would put Manning in kind of the best position to succeed, kind of like being able to control or being a, kind of like a dual type of coach slash GM, kind of like the way Belichick is? That would probably be a, a hit or miss completely. Like I think that's the only way he would succeed, and if he does succeed as, you know, the all-encompassing general manager and head coach and offensive coordinator. Um, you know, it would be great for that team. He, he would be one of the best. But at the same time, I think he could just get so frustrated having so much control over every single aspect of the team and the game that and nobody else understanding what he's even thinking or uh, what he wants them to do. It's just it's a big hit or miss, I think, in that scenario. I, I think you guys mentioned what his best position might be. I mean, offensive coordinator. I mean, he has full control or the majority of control over the uh, play calls. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to be that head coach, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, I don't see Manny just trying to be an offensive coordinator. I mean, I think he would try to go for a coach. I, I mean, I see him more as a GM, but in the future... But, but if, for the but, if Colts. Owner, but if you're an owner, do you give the position to a, a guy who has no, I mean, no real, you know, management experience? I mean, you know, yeah, he, yes, he played for you know 18 years, but you know, I if if it was my team and, and I had bill, you know, millions of dollars invested in this franchise, I wouldn't, you know, put him as a head coach, not at least not initially. But yeah, the Broncos a, did something like that with, with giving John, John Elway the manager role, you know, without any experience whatsoever, and look at what he did. Well, he had Manning, and he had a great defense and great offense, wide receivers. He created that defense. Which he put together, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when you're a boss, you're a boss. Simple as that. So Peyton Manning's going to be a great GM. I don't see him being an analyst or a broadcaster, because, I mean, if you, if you hear the guy speak, that guy just bores me to death every time he speaks two sentences. So I don't see him doing that. But definitely as a GM, he I think he succeed. 
he'll be involved in every aspect of the game, and uh, that, that's just the way to go for him. Head coach, it's it'll be a temporary job if you get that, but he can definitely succeed long-term as a GM for any organization. Hey, so you don't see him sitting next to Chris Collingsworth on Sunday? Oh, my God, that guy <laughs> bores me to death. Every time I, I just listen to Payne Manning, just like, fuck this. I'm just going to mute the TV until the slips stop moving. Um, actually, I, I was just thinking, going back to, I, I actually think he would make a great coach in the right situation where he had a, quarterback that were they were both on the same page. I think if he's on the same page with the quarterback, so he has a good enough quarterback, like Tom Brady. <laughs> um and then he would they would say Manning goes to the Raiders, Super Bowl champions in five years. I'm calling it. Well that's gonna happen regardless of whether he goes or not. But well, yeah, Peyton Manning it be something, make it happen though, faster. Peyton Manning goes to the Patriots. No. Bill Belichick, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Nonsense. What no, do you guys say if he joins any team? It would be the Colts, though. No, I don't think That'd he goes to Los Angeles. I don't think it'd be the Colts, to be yeah, honest. Whoever wants to hire him, right? I mean, at this point, I, I'm sure. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's any offers on him yet. The, I see the Jaguars. I think. I think I the Rams would be a good option. I mean, get a guy you know with the you know with a lot of name recognition. Um, get him involved. I think, you know, he has roots in Tennessee, and I think that that would be the best option. I don't see him going back to Indianapolis while Andrew Luck is there. I mm-hmm. think that that would be too much of him trying to take back the Thunder, and he doesn't want that attention. I think Tennessee is a situation where the team is young, they need a mentor, and yeah. I, I would see him picking up a managerial role over there. Yep, I agree. Canelo Alvarez got a big win, knockout sixth round again. Who called it? Hold on. First of all, who called it? Someone said six. I, I said before the tenth. So I can't. Oh it. no, we had eight, six, and six, eight, and ten. Who had called the six? Yeah. I think it was no. Leo didn't call the eight. I called ten. I think. Yeah. So yeah, Adam, I think it was you. To be honest. No, Adam definitely called before the tenth. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. Now we gotta go back and listen to the broadcast. The point right, is, gotta, he, he hold took them out. We go back to our previous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he landed 20 punches to the left side of the face before delivering the final knockout punch to that same side. Really just one-sided fight. Okay, um, cons, nice. ribs. There were bruises at the end of the fight. I, th- I thought that was like a burst mark. But was that just bruising of all the punches he took? Yes, sir, that was yeah. bruising. Uh, or, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was like a birthmark, to be honest. So with that and, and with his victory there, I think the immediate commentaries and the immediate topics that came up were whether Canelo Alvarez was ready to take on Triple G. And so the question then is, is he ready and is it the right time for him to take on Triple G, both for him as a boxer and for the sport of boxing? Is it time for this fight to be featured? Ready or not, I mean, he needs to take the fight. I mean, that's what great boxers do. They, they you know, they challenge themselves. Um, I think that's a big reason we're always going to resent Mayweather because he didn't take the, the fight with Pacquiao when they were both in their peak, you know? You know, they took the fight when, when they, they were both a little past the prime. And um, at least, you know, I as a, as a boxing fan, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always going to, you know, hold that against Mayweather. Does he need to take the fight or not? Um, yeah, he should, I think, honestly. Triple G is not going to get any younger. The guy's, I think, 34 years old. So um, if Canelo wants to, you know, have bragging rights that he, he knocked Triple G out in his prime, he needs to get on that fight within probably realistically this year because Triple G, like I said, is 34. 
Um, if you wait any longer, they're going to say, oh, well, Triple G, you know, guy's 35, 36, he's too old, Canelo's like mid-20s, so uh, Canelo, if he definitely wants to take on Triple G, now's the time. Um, the guy just came off a you know, great, great fight against Khan. There's no point of waiting any longer, to be honest. Yeah, I think we could see this uh, uh, two ways. Uh, they could try to see this uh, as a business way, or or, or are you going to try to please a fan? Because I don't think it's a smart it's a smart uh, smart for business. This barely Canelo Alvarez uh, first fight on top. I mean, what happens if he does beat Triple G? Like, who does he fight next? There's not a lot of boxes out there, so you're trying to. No, and I and I agree with you. John, that's the exact point that I was thinking about because if they have this fight, regardless of who wins, I think boxing loses because you're taking down one of the two big giants in the sport right now. And what do you promote next? I mean, uh, a rematch, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, is that you know, if they're the two greatest boxers. Let's get him in the ring right away. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I would love to see the fight. I, I think, of course, Canelo Alvarez is. A, is ready for him, and and if anything, tri Triple G hasn't proven much. I mean, he does have a, a great record, 35 and 0 with 32 KO, but he hasn't fought anyone uh, at least world class like Canelo has. Canelo, I could think of at least 10 world class boxers he's fought. Triple G, I I barely knew like two boxers that he fought. Well, because they're all European boxers. I mean. You know, you you have to take in. The and pop. we all know they're not good at yeah. boxing. Yeah, you know we're you're, we're exposed to these Mexican Las Vegas. I mean, <laughs> the guy was fighting in Europe most of the time, so I mean that's a little expected that you don't or we don't know who who he was fighting. But if you've seen the highlights, you know what Triple G is about. And I mean, were you surprised that Canelo was able to take out Khan so easily in the sixth round? You know what? I don't. I don't think he had it that easy. I mean, I. I think even even Canelo mentioned it. You know, you're always gonna you know struggle with uh, faster boxers, and um, I. I think uh, Khan was moving around uh, efficiently. He was get his throwing his punches, but I mean, that all the experts said it. Um, it's gonna be a knockout when once he got a good hit on uh, on Khan, he was going down. He, he was a soft jaw, and. Um, I, I was surprised on how, <laughs> on the level of damage he did with that uh, with that hit. I mean, I thought that I thought Khan was out for for good. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen uh, Khan's previous fights, I mean, you could tell it, he, you know that he has a weak chin. But honestly, I, I I was surprised. I think Khan gave a great fight. Uh, I think myself. I think he a box Canelo. He he. To me, he probably won four out of the six rounds. I mean, of course, the last rounds he got knocked out. But, I, I mean, I think he moved a lot. He, uh, he threw a lot of combinations. And, and in the beginning of the fight, Canelo was only throwing, a, uh, he was only throwing single punches. He wasn't throwing any combos. So I think Khan gave him, like, a, he was just having a hard time with him. Yeah, but, 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 but Canelo... Got, I mean, his um, if if I'm not mistaken, he he landed over fifty percent of the punches. So I mean, the guy was on target. So I I, I do agree. I, I think I think Khan took at least you know half of those rounds. But you know, 
we all knew it that if if Canelo got that one big hit in, uh, Khan was going to go down, and that's exactly what happened. Well, and that's yeah, what, to, uh, that's what makes me think that he's not ready for Triple G. Triple G is a lot more like he's cooler than Khan. He's more calm. He's not going to try to go in for a whole bunch of hits. He's kind of more ready for it. And Canelo, he's just looking for the kill on every single hit, and he's too slow. Like I I like Canelo. He he he's a great fighter. But he's too slow, and he's just looking for the kill on every single shot, and he's not going to be able to take down Triple G with just one shot. So uh, that's well, what th- makes I, me think that he's not ready. I think Canelo adjusted his game plan really good after the fourth round. He started uh, boxing that. better, yeah, uh, and then Khan uh, started slowing down. And uh, and I think uh, Canelo against Triple G would be a great fight for Canelo. Uh, Triple G is not as fast as uh, Khan. He's not as technical. Like he actually moves in. He brawls with the other boxers, and that's what Canelo's fighting style is. Uh, he, I think he would love, he would love to have ha- uh, fight Triple G. Okay, so if you fast forward to November, September, October, November, do we have a Canelo Triple G fight then, or do you not see it happening until next year? Oh man. I, I, I'm going to say that it's not going to happen. Just business-wise, I don't think it's a good idea for them. Uh, I see more of a probably rematch with Cotto happening or even Lemieux fighting next, uh, fighting Canelo. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with John because after uh, Canelo's post-match uh, commentary, I mean, if he doesn't fight Triple G... Then I don't know when he is gonna do it. I mean, he is he is very blunt. The guy wants a fight. I mean, his promoter was behind him. He knows what he wants. You know, I, I understand. You know, boxing is a business, but um, you have to give the fans what they want, and we we want this fight. Yeah, and what are we waiting for 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 Triple D to get older as well? I think Canelo he has he has fought a lot of great fighters, but they've all been pretty like older. Um, Goto, you just mentioned, oh, they'll probably have a re- rematch. Goto's 35 now, you know, like that's not in his prime anymore. So I, I think that's a little asterisk on Canelo's career um, that he's just been fighting the older fighters, even though they have been great in their time. He's he's been fighting them while they're older. So I don't know. I don't. I think it might. I understand it's it's not necessarily the best. Like, what are you gonna do after this Triple G Canelo fight? But it's gotta happen. Um, yeah, it's got to happen. Yeah, but oh, you yeah. have to understand, too, that the, uh, Triple G just came out a couple fights ago. He, he uh, Canelo's barely starting as well. They, they still have a lot of years left. I mean, that, look at what happened with Mayweather and Pacquiao. They've, you know, they're in the, their late 30s, and how much money is that fight not revenue? But you go back to the money. You go back to the money, and it's not – I mean, it is about the money in their eyes, but, I mean – if, if it's about the money, them. the fight is yeah. happening because they're both hot right now. I literally just finished watching uh, Triple G's top ten knockouts, and the guy's an animal. So <laughs> he should box as soon as possible because I, I would love to see that. You know, two brawlers just going you know head to head, not backing away. And I don't see that fight passing the sixth round. Also, and no, yeah, of course I want it to happen. Hopefully, it does happen, but I don't see it happening. Just for the business okay. pers- perspective of it. I don't it. understand that business. I mean, dude, 
the, the sooner the fight happens, the more money they both get. That's business for them. At the end, well, of it's, what, not, it's what, not them. What? It's the the whole boxing as a sport, right? What's more likely to happen first, the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight, or that rumor that's been going around with the Mayweather Conor McGregor? Oh. Um, no, that's a garbage rumor. That's a garbage rumor. Uh, who, who, what would they do? Would they? Uh, would May, Mayweather would just box with uh, McGregor? Lloyd, McGregor Lloyd wouldn't take would that fight. If, if McGregor would do it if it was boxing and if they gave him a hundred million dollars for it. Who said that? Lloyd. He said that. Yeah, he said that he'd take him in a boxing match, and for one hundred million dollars. Because he know he knows he's gonna get his ass kicked. So I mean, well, yeah, if, I, like, if I know I'm about to lose, I want to ask for a hundred million too all day. And then and Dana White would never allow that because he's still under contract with the UFC. Yeah, of course that 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 rumor is garbage. I mean, of course if it's just boxing, Mayweather would destroy him. If if, if it's uh martial arts and McGregor McGregor would destroy May uh, Mayweather. It's just it's nonsense to me. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up today's episode with our last topic here. Leicester City, they pulled off the 5,000-1 odds, and they were able to win the Premier League a week ago. With that, they are guaranteed a Champions League group stage next. The question then is, will Leicester City be able to cope with the demands of playing in five tournaments next season? Do you think that they'll be able to make it out of the Champions League group stage? And at the same time, do you think they'll be able to replicate the success that they had in the Premier League this year? Hold up. Call me stupid. What five leagues? Well, five tournaments. Okay. They got the EPL. You got you right? got the FA Cup. You got the Premier League, Champions League, Champions, FA Cup, FA? Capital One Cup, and the Capital Community One. Field. I, I don't think that. I mean, that's just one game just because they're first. Oh, it's, it's five tournaments. Yeah, so, but I mean, is that really a tournament? It's like a one-game thing, to be honest. Tournament. They won the Premier League. They have access to the tournament. Yeah, but I mean, tournament has to be more than one match. Yeah, I don't see them. I don't see I don't them. See uh, re- I don't see them repeating. Uh, you know, the, well, I don't see them being in first place again, winning the Premier again, again nope. next year. But I definitely think if they if they get uh, if they keep all their top players and they uh, sign a couple good contracts, maybe a solid defender or solid a couple solid mid, I definitely could see uh, them being the top four again. The if they play the same way they played this season. Uh, I definitely see them going on, pa- advancing from the group stage in the Champions League. It, that, I mean, that depends. As long as they don't lose any good players, obviously. And in Champions League, it depends, I mean, who's going to be in the group, to be honest. I mean, if you have, you know, two big, you know, if you have Barcelona and Juventus in your group, you're not you're not advancing on that. So, I mean, it has, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of factors to consider, but they have to be get lucky, you know. Make sure, well, they can't make sure of that, but make sure. Uh, hopefully, they don't get any, any good teams. So if, if they get one good team, they can definitely advance. But if they get two, or even even three, I mean, they're they're not advancing past the group stages. And as long as they don't lose one of their top players. Well, also, John, if you're if you're Leicester City, and and you're talking about player transactions in the upcoming months. And if you're a player on Leicester City and you were on this team, and I don't think that you necessarily expected to have this much success, and you are being recruited by other teams, do you oh, stick yeah. with Leicester City and take the chance that? Yeah, I would stay. I mean, no, they're gonna compete. They're, no, they're gonna compete in the Champions League. Uh, 
And their uh, their top two players already said they're going to stay next season, which is Mares, which he won the best the best player in the Bar in the Premier League, and then Bardi, uh, he said he's going to end up staying as well. So I mean, just having those two top players in your team is going uh, is going to make the other players to stay as well. But they didn't mean, say that when say your that, offers are in here. Yeah, they said, but when Real Madrid comes knocking down the door, those right. guys are bouncing off for sure. You know, what, you I, know? I, I there, there's there's obviously a lot of variables. Um, like you guys mentioned, can they hold on to their top players, Gante, Vardy, and Mares? You know, there there has been talk about commitment. Um, there you also have to think that all the you know all the Premier League teams are benefiting from this new TV deals that you know are going to give them massive funds. You know for um, you know, for the for the next season, uh, you already hear rumors about West Ham uh, spending a lot of cash on, uh, on on a new striker. But you know, I, I don't I, I don't see uh, Leicester City uh, replicating their Premier League form. They benefited from a, a stable starting eleven, and that's uh, that's not going to be the case next season. They're going to have to start rotating players. Um, you're adding at least. Seven to eight games to their season, which is considerable. Um, I, you know, the the point of being in the Champions League is it's it's exactly what what the name implies. It's the it's the Champions League. So you you got the best teams in Europe. So I don't see I don't see there being any any weak links or any, you know, it, it's top teams of Europe. So I see them, you know, I see them making Europa League. Um, Making the Europa League next season, um, I I'm gonna go go ahead and say they're not gonna make it out of the the group stage, and uh, you know what I don't think they're they're gonna have close to the same success. But um you know they they had a season to cherish and they definitely showed the world you know their character. But there I just see it impossible. Not with Chelsea, you know they're gonna spend. You know, millions with Guardiola coming in with Klopp, you know, building a, a, a tremendous Liverpool with Manchester United improving by the game. Uh, Tottenham playing top football. I, I just, I just don't see Manchester City competing. I mean, would you say that they, they, they don't have? You can't say they don't have a chance. So I mean, all those teams have. World-class yeah. players already this season, and they're really inconsistent. I think if Leicester City reinforces themselves with new players and keeps uh, their starts as well, like I mean, why wouldn't they be able to compete? Yeah, I mean, but John, this this season, Man U inconsistent, Man City inconsistent, Arsenal inconsistent. But when he goes to champion, you're gonna be playing against Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Juventus, all those teams. They're rarely inconsistent, to be honest. So. I mean, they could have succeeded in the EPL this year because, you know, how, how poorly the other big teams were doing. But, I mean, any given Sunday, you say you have Man City, Man U, Arsenal, Liverpool on the top four of the EPL. The last year, they obviously, you know, beat expectations, but they're not going to do that in Champions League. I mean, realistically, they're, they're just not. La Liga well, is considered yeah. the best league right now. They have two, you know, two Spanish teams in the Champions Final. So Leicester City, yeah. great year, great season. Congrats to them. But Champions League, they're not going to pass the groups. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to get past the second stage in the Champions League. 
you know, they're unexperienced in that tournament. They're going to go up against all the top teams and from all, all over the world. But I think uh, the Premier League, I think they could compete for another spot in the Champions League for the following year. I think they could end up in the top four spots. Uh, with, I mean, it, it all depends, like I said, how they reinforce themselves. But, I mean, if all the teams... You, you don't know how all the teams are going to play. If they're all in, un, inconsistent, inconsistent like they were this year, I mean, you just never know. I see Leicester next year being the top eight team. Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you. I think they're going to be fighting... Um, you know, for the Europa League spots next season. But you know what I'm excited about? I'm I'm excited about having all these quality, um, all these quality uh, managers in the Premier League next season. Uh, we're getting Guardiola. We might. It's very uh, possible we might have Mourinho at Manchester Mourinho. United. We have Pochettino, Banger, uh, Klopp. Uh, just a handful of great coaches in the Premier League you know, playing for you know the number one spot. I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal season, and I'm super excited. Um, you know, you know, with Mourinho, it's always going to be a show. Guardiola, I mean, the guy is this elegance. It's 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 phenomenal. But right now, Guardiola could be coming in to a a Man City that might not make the Champions League. If if United win their last two games, City are out. So yeah. Guardiola might join a good team, but if they can, if they don't make the Champions League, that's gonna suck for him as his first year. Yeah, and Liverpool might be in as well if they win the Europa League. Manchester, neither Manchester, neither Manchester team is gonna be in the Champions League. So having said all that, if you look at the five thousand one odds that Leicester City overcame this year, if once the English Premier League starts in a few months, do yeah. you go to the sports book and if the odds are one thousand one? Do you drop a hundred on this team to win the no, league? No, not a hundred. I'll drop ten. On a thousand to one odds after they overcame nope. five thousand to one odds last year. No, because it's not gonna happen, man. I mean, uh, I'll drop ten, sure, why not? But not a thousand. No, I, I just don't see them. I, I just don't see it happening. It's, I, I would, I would have a hard time betting a dollar on them for next season. Really? <laughs> so, what position would you guys say they would, uh, they're gonna? I'm going to say they're going to come out on uh, number 7 next season. Yeah, seven. top 8. So they're going to make the Europa League, but not the Champions League. Correct. Okay. Next year. We'll, we'll, see. we'll refer back to episode number 3 by the time Wait. the next season ends. So we can... Isn't this episode number 4? I believe no. we're on episode number 3. <laughs> it's three. Oh, what do I know? It's not like I edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are we all good with this topic? Uh, yes, sir. No, no yeah, man, we, we can go on for days about soccer. <laughs> no, Alright. Well, with that, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to finish up uh, going around to each individual and saying what we're looking forward to in sports this week. I'm going to continue saying that I'm looking forward to watching the Heat continue their playoff run because I don't think many people had them advancing very far with the depleted team ever since LeBron left. They, but this team is solid. If they're solid at every level, they are right in the hunt there. They just won today to tie up the Eastern Conference semis against Toronto. I can see them giving Cleveland, Cleveland a run for their money in the final, in the sem conference finals and then really taking out whoever or giving whoever reaches the finals on the West a hard time, either San Antonio or Golden State. Or the Thunder. Don't forget the Thunder. Or the Thunder, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, what well, I'm looking forward to is Barcelona winning La Liga next week. Or this weekend. Are you calling uh, it? Ra- oh, yeah, I mean, Real Madrid's one point behind them, so this is Barcelona's league to lose. Uh, so, Atletico is out of the race. Barcelona, it's in their hands, basically. With, and the, with the way Messi and Suarez are playing right now, uh, I see them scoring, winning like 4-1. Four, four Easy. I'm actually looking forward to the um, the Mexican Clásico happening this week. Um, there's already been an exchange of words between Chivas players and America players. Oh, yeah. And um, it's it's going to be an interesting uh, doubleheader. Um, I have... Uh, I have Chivas as uh, the team to advance. They've been playing terrific soccer the last couple of weeks. I think they're very motivated, and um, I, I can see them going past their uh, hated rivals this this week. Do you like the Do you like that matchup being right now, or would you have preferred them having stayed at the seeds that they were before and maybe matching up in the finals? I mean, a finals always, you know, that's ideal. I you know I'd rather face I'd rather have them face off sometime you know sometime in the playoffs and you know I'm glad we're we're actually having two clasicos we're also having the uh, Tigres Monterrey which is very 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 that will be good so I mean I'm just excited about the playoffs all around and um, like I said I I think the the big favorite in my opinion is Chivas to take uh, oh. take the lead I, I see America winning it. No, of course Chivas is going to take it. But I'm excited to see whether the Triple G fight against Canelo is going to happen. They said they were going to make the announcement in the next couple of days, so we'll see what happens, guys. Oh, really? Yeah, that, and I, I'm, st- yeah, I'm still looking forward to seeing you know what goes on in the NBA playoffs. Um, such a feel-good team with the Heat. Nobody gave them a shot after uh, LeBron left. And honestly, I'm still super hyped up for boxing. I've been watching all the old uh, Canelo fights this week, and yeah, I, I can't wait to hear um, where this is gonna, where, who's he's gonna fight next. Hopefully, Triple G. What about NFL voluntary workouts? We're getting back there. Oh, hey, Sam yeah. Bradford's coming back to the Eagles. Sam super Bradford, Super Bowl winning. He team couldn't right stick there. to his holdout. <laughs> he holds out any longer. He's going to be without a team. So might as well come back and get your paycheck. I think he's going to be without a team regardless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to close off this episode of Five Takes Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for listening. We are working on a website. As soon as we have that set up, we're going to start promoting it on here so that you can follow us on there, read all of our posts, and read and listen to our episodes on there. We want to thank you very much for listening. Look forward to your feedback. Please continue to subscribe through us through whatever podcast app you use. And with that, we're going to sign off. Thank you for listening. We're Five Takes Podcast.